Praise God. Well, we've been in a series, um, you know, we've covered other things at different times. We've been in a series on healing that we're just taking our time on that. You know, we're not in a hurry, cover different facets of this. Um, I believe this is part nine, titled the series, God Wants You Well. And all the previous messages are available on the, the various places, on our website, on, on YouTube, on Spotify, on um, Apple Podcasts. You can go back and listen to them. They'll be a blessing to you. And all the scriptures that we use are available there, too, as well. If you go on the media page on our website or the media um, menu, there's a, an item that says Sermon Scriptures. You can click on that. It'll tell you exactly how to download the scriptures. But really, all it is, if you go to any media item on our website, there's a little download section, and then all the scriptures are available there in PDF and a Word, Microsoft Word format for you. Let's look at 3 John 2 tonight. This is one of the verses that we've used just kind of as a, a jumping off place, and so we're just going to go over a few of those and then move forward. I have a lot to cover. Uh, just You said you're believing with me to cover this the way we need to cover it tonight. Get out what we need to get. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. All things. So it's God's will that we prosper in everything. This is much more than the intro to a letter. This is the heart of God. This is the same heart that you would have to any loved one. If you truly love them, this is exactly what you say. When you, when you talk to them, and I hope everything's going well for you. Hope you're healthy. You know, that, that's, that's, uh, the, that's our heart for people we love. That's God's heart for us. And uh, in the Amplified Classic, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. So it's God's will that our body is well. Amen? Amen. Always. There's never a time that it's his will that somehow we're supposed to be sick. That's just not in the Bible. Uh, the NIV version says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. That you may enjoy good, good health. You know, God wants us to enjoy life. Well, you know, you enjoy life a lot better just when your body's doing well. Is that tr true? When, when you're hurting, well, it just puts... I mean, yeah, you can push through, but it's just so much better when everything feels right. <laughs> right? John 10.10. 10. <clears throat> it says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So that tells you where those things come from. You know, the devil is a thief. This is Jesus talking. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. Talking about his sheep. If we're in the family of God, if we believed on Jesus, and this, this is who we are, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So that's why Jesus came. Well, part of that is, you, can, you know it, uh, having life and have it more abundantly, that includes your bodily health. I mean, if you talk about having an abundant life, if you're sick, if you're hurting, if you're in chronic pain, you're not experiencing the abundant life. Jesus came so even that would be taken care of. Now let's look at it briefly in the Amplified Classic. We're just, you know, recapping. We've spent a good amount of time on some of these things, but just kind of, you know, setting the stage for, for uh, where we're going tonight. The thief comes only, so John 10.10, 10, Amplified Classic, the thief comes only 
in order to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's the will of God for us, and that's why Jesus came, is so that we could have life, have and enjoy life in every area, and have it in abundance till, to the full till it overflows. Now, this includes having a well body. That is part of what Jesus accomplished in his sacrifice for us. And we're going to focus on that part. You know, of course, we've talked about it, but we're going to focus on the fact that healing is in the atonement. We're talking about healing in the atonement, the atonement of Christ, that what Jesus did absolutely includes bodily, physical healing. And we're going to look at some things very specifically, maybe a little bit more technically than sometimes we do, because it's necessary. Let's look at Romans 15, uh, verse 12. <clears throat> Sorry, Romans 5, 12, I said 15. Therefore, just as one man's sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin, and then it goes on. But notice this, this statement. Therefore, just as one man sin, through one man, sin entered the world. So through Adam, sin entered the world. There was no sin before Adam's sin. So sin came through Adam, but sin came to Adam through Satan. When it says, through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. So sin came into the world... And death came in. Well, that's not just physical death. It was spiritual death. But sickness is death coming. It is, it is uh, a, a, an application of death. Poverty is death. Broken relationships is death. All the curse that you see in the world, all the negative, that's all part of death. When death came into the world destruction followed. It, it came, it, it followed in the area of our physical body. So it says death came through sin, thus death spread to all men. So that's how sin came into the world. <clears throat> that's how sickness came into the world. So let's skip down to verse 18, Romans 5 verse 18. It says, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. So this whole section is good. We're not going to take time to read it. So, it says, so he said some other things here, but he's just recapping. Therefore, as through one's man's, one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, talking about Jesus, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. So saying that the, the sin, death, came in through Adam, but 
the, the payment for that, the justification, came by what Jesus did. And what Jesus did was holistic. It covered everything, including physical healing. If it didn't, then it's not complete. I mean, it's just sad. If you think of, well, we're re, you know, redeeming mankind, it's just, but you have to put up with being sick in your body. Well, then it's not a complete redemption. And to think that way, to think somehow God saved us, See, save, the word save is a big word. It it means holistic. It it includes everything. But to think, people say, well, God saved us, but that doesn't include, we just have to suffer here on the earth. Well, did Jesus save us completely or not? Now, we looked at a lot of examples in previous uh, messages about God's will to heal and that it's his will to heal all and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. When Jesus was walking on the earth physically, he was healing people. We can see that very clearly. Now we're going to look back at Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, we're going to see this very clearly that the atonement of Christ includes bodily, physical healing as much, just complete equality with redemption from sin. They go together, and in the same way we're redeemed, and that the payment's been made for sin, the payment's been made for physical healing. They're absolutely done at the same time. Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. It says, surely he, now this is prophetic, this is talking about the Messiah, this is fulfilled in what Jesus did. We'll see this very clearly, but this is Isaiah prophesying of the Messiah. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, in this this translation, this is the New King James Version, if you go back to verse 4, It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Those words in this version are not translated very well. And we're going to see that very clearly. This was the way the King James was translated, which is what majority people had for uh, centuries. And so the New King James, I use the New King James substantially. It's a very good translation. It took the King James, you know, changed the these and the thous and some, uh, some other uh, outdated words that, that don't even mean the same thing as they did centuries ago. It changed them so we could understand what's going on and, um, you know, put in use and um, updated the language. But it, it, it's very faithful 
to um, you know the original language. It's uh, word for word. It's not a paraphrase. But here, this is basically carrying forward what was done in the, the King James Version. And some other, some other translations still do this and, and translate it like this. But it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our, star, our sorrows. Now, if you looked at it, you think that has nothing to do with bodily um, healing. But verse 4 the word that's translated griefs there, literally, you will see this. I mean, just, just go look it up on an online Bible. If they have a footnote, they'll say what that word literally means, and we'll look at other translations that translate it. That word that's translated griefs there literally is sicknesses. The word that's translated sorrows there is literally pains. That's what it is. In the Young's literal translation... Uh, which was written by Young, who was, uh, he, he, he uh, penned Young's concordance, so he knows something about the original languages. It reads like this, Surely our sicknesses he hath borne, and our pains he hath carried them. And we have esteemed him plague, smitten of God, and afflicted. But notice the first part. Now we're going to talk more about all this, but just getting into this. Surely our sicknesses he has borne. Our sicknesses. Our pains he has carried them. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs. See, that it's saying griefs because that, that's in that word, can be. That was that, that word the way the King James translated, but it expounds on it. Our sicknesses, our weaknesses, our distresses. And carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, as if with leprosy. So you can see there, literally we're talking about sickness and talking about pain. And it says Jesus carried them. Now, I'm going to read you some quotes. I don't know how many I will, but um, I'm going to read you a quote from Christ the Healer. And, I, and if you don't, if you've never read this book, this is, it doesn't look like this anymore. The current version has a different cover. But, and we'll have these out here. I don't think we have any right now. But this was a, a book written by F.F. F. Bosworth. I believe it was in the early 1900s because that's when he lived. But... Um, I can't remember the exact date when it was written, but excellent book on healing. We used it at Rhema uh, as one of our textbooks. You know, uh, overall an excellent book. There's some things that, you know, later in the book that you just, if, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, throw it out. But there, there are some excellent uh, just thoughts and teachings on healing in that book. And I encourage you to, to get it. Um, but he said this, the Hebrew words, and I don't know, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but to the pronunciation of these, but I'll do the best I can. The Hebrew words, coli and makeup, which are the ones that are sicknesses and pains, he said, have been incorrectly translated griefs and sorrows, what I was just talking about. And this is obvious from the different translations. They mean respectively 
sicknesses and pains. He said the word that's translated, interpreted, um, that was translated griefs, it, it is interpreted disease and sickness in, in almost every other place. Or he said every other place uh, in the Old Testament. So if you go read it, that's what it's referring to over and over. And you can see that clearly from the Young's Literal and the Amplified Classic. And then the other word uh, translated pains in a number of places. But an absolute best commentary on what that verse actually means is found in in Matthew 8.16. So let's go over to Matthew 8.16. I was just quoting him on some of the beginning of that stuff, but um, we might look at some more things later. But um, Matthew 8.16... It says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now, this is about to quote what we just read in Isaiah 53. Okay, this is Matthew. This is in uh, the New Testament talking about Jesus, and it's quoting what we just read. So notice it says, let's read verse 16 again. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. Okay? Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So here you have the Spirit of God commenting on this very verse, saying that prophecy is fulfilled in what Jesus is doing, which is healing all those that were sick. So without a doubt, you have the New Testament commenting on the prophecy in Isaiah, saying this is what it meant, that Isaiah is talking about sickness. Physical sickness. Amen? Amen. Then if we go forward to 1 Peter, we may come back to this, but 1 Peter 2, verse 24, says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now, in the other... In um, let's see, can you if if we were to um, can you go back to Isaiah fifty three, verse four and five? We'll read that. So in Isaiah it says, "Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows; yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted." Next verse. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Saying present tense, we are healed. By what he did, we're healed. Now if you go back to 1 Peter 2.24. Can you skip down again to 1 Peter 2.24? Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes... You were healed. So it's saying 
Past tense, you were healed. Isaiah says you are healed. Here it says by whose stripes you were healed. So it is saying that what Jesus did has paid for us to be healed. It's not an, it's not an ambiguous thing. It's saying that he, it, that's part of it. Now let's go back to Isaiah 53, 4, and I want to show you something else about these verses and about how, uh, how this language here is related and specifically how it's related to the atonement of Christ paying for sin, how the atonement paying for sickness is related to him paying for sin. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs. Now we know that that is sicknesses. So surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows or carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Now let's skip down to verse um, 11. Actually, go back to verse 4. I'll I'll point something out, and then when we're reading verse 11, you can see it. Here it says, surely he has borne our griefs, okay? And carried our sorrows. You see the way it says that? Surely he's borne, which we know, surely he's borne our sicknesses, carried our pains. Okay, that language. Go Go down now to Isaiah 53, verse 11. He shall see the labor of his soul. Now, this is all prophesying about the Messiah, okay? This is all what he's going to do, which was fulfilled in Christ, okay? Verse 11, he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Notice that, bear their iniquities. Verse 12, therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. Talking about what Jesus was going to do. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many. And he made intercession for the transgressors. See how it says he bore, can you go back to the last slide? He bore the sin of many. See how it says he bore the sin of many. And then early in verse 11, he shall bear their iniquities. Nobody, as a Christian, disputes that Jesus bore our iniquities and our sin. Okay? Now, earlier we saw in verse 4, it said that he, same Messiah, same atonement, bore our sicknesses and bore our pains. Now, I'm going to read you from Christ the Healer because this is important. I'm going to read you a little bit, okay? Because it's very, it, it's, it's uh, good the way it's said. And talking about now some of the Hebrew words. In the fourth verse, what we just read, the word born, which is N-A-S-A, NASA, NASA, the Hebrew word, it means to lift up, to bear away, to convey or a move to a distance. The word that's saying he bore our sicknesses, that word means to lift up, to bear away, to convey, or to remove to a distance. 
So it's used when they, in the Old Testament when they, when they put, they, they, uh, put the, the sin of Israel onto a scapegoat and, and let it go out into the wilderness. When it said the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities, it's the same word, to bear up, to, to put all that on to something. And so what it's saying is that Jesus... Now, I'm I'm quoting him again. So Jesus bore my sins and sicknesses away within the camp to the cross. Sin and sickness have passed from me to Calvary. Salvation and health have passed from Calvary to me. So Jesus, when it says he bore our sickness, it's saying that he lifted it up, that he took it away, that he took the penalty for it. Now, I'm going to read you something else because this is what I really wanted to make the connection in in the verses 4 and then the verses 11 and 12. The Hebrew verbs for born and carried, which are, I'll read you, they're N-A-S-A, Nasa, Nasa, and Sabal, are both the same as are used in the 11th and 12 verses For the substitutionary bearing of sin, he shall bear, carry their iniquities, and bear the sin of many. So the word that we show, if you can show it real quick, and then I'll, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll comment a little bit more. But if you can put Isaiah fifty three four up, where it says he has borne. Our griefs, which we know as sicknesses, he has borne our sicknesses. That word born is the exact same word as in 11 and then 12, the bear and carry. When we see, if you go back to verse 4, sorry. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Those two words are the same as what we see in 11 and 12. If you go down to verse 11, if you go down to the end of that right there, for he shall bear their iniquities. It's the same word. The same word for bearing the sins is the same word he's using for bearing sickness. And then if you skip down to the end of verse 12, he bore the sin of many. So those words... Are, are the same. And so he, in um, Christ the Healer, he says this, both words, or I'll rewind a little bit, the Hebrew word, verbs for born and carried are both the same as are used in the 11th and 12th verses for the substitutionary bearing of sin, where it says he shall bear or carry their iniquities, he will bear the sins of many. Both words signify a heavy burden and denote actual substitution and a complete removal of the thing born. When Jesus bore our sins, our sicknesses, and our pains, he bore them away or removed them. Both these words mean substitution or one bearing another's load. So what that means is they're both the same way talking about removing something. One is talking about removing sickness. The other is talking about removing sin. And they're both in the same chapter, and they're talking about the same Messiah, which is the same Jesus, and it's in the same atonement. 
And so you cannot have it one way and say, well, Jesus bore our sin, but somehow say that isn't, this verse in verse 4 is not talking about him bearing our sickness, let alone all the other verses that we've talked about. We're just focusing on this. That it's very, it's, it's completely illogical and it's, it's actually intellectually dishonest to change the meaning of those words. I'm going to read you one thing. This is from Jesus, our healer. It was quoted in Christ, our healer. But by uh, W.C. Stevens, he says, This prophecy presents healing as an integral part of the vicarious atonement. Vicarious means substitutionary. So Jesus bore it for us. So he says healing is an integral part of this vicarious atonement. Now, whatever be the sense of these two Hebrew verbs, the same sense must be applied in both cases, namely of sin-bearing and sickness-bearing. To pervert the sense in one case would give liberty to pervert it in the other. I know we're being technical. I told you that up front. But we're just going to nail this because this is, you go through this and you say, this is part of the atonement. There is no doubt. You can't read it and think anything otherwise. The sense of the verbs as relating to sin not only in here in this prophecy, but everywhere else in the Old Testament, is strictly vicarious or expiatory, which means it's substitutionary or it's making amends. So the same sense is here then with sickness. It says nobody disputes that. This prophecy, therefore, gives the same substitutionary and expiatory character to Christ's connection with sickness that is everywhere given to his assumption of our sin. Meaning that anybody that says, oh, he bore sin, but somehow not our sickness, you can't say that when you look at what the Bible says. It's either that sin should be treated like that as not substitutionary as well, or they're both included. They're just part of the package. You can't separate them. Christ's substitutionary sacrifice was complete. Amen? Amen. And we're going to go on one other angle that just to, to, to hit this and to sum some of these things up, it's not really summing up, it's just an additional thing. We could do a whole uh, teaching on this. But, the, but there are seven redemptive names of God that all start with Jehovah, throughout the Old Testament. And these, these names, I'll just read this to you, from um, Mr. Schofield, who, wrote the, who put together the Schofield Bible, on his footnote in... Um, on redemptive's name, said Jehovah is distinctly the redemption name of deity and means a self-existent one who reveals himself. The seven redemptive names, he says, point to a continuous and self-increasing revelation. And there are seven names that basically point to different aspects of our God. And I'm going to read them to you briefly and then make a comment. So Jehovah Shema is translated, the Lord is there or present, revealing to us the redemptive privilege of enjoying His presence. 
The Lord is there. Jehovah Shalom is translated the Lord our peace and reveals to us the redemptive privilege of having his peace. Jehovah Raha is translated the, the Lord is my shepherd. Giving his life for the sheep. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide an offering and Christ was the offering provided for our complete redemption. Some of these, even the, the, the way I'm reading some of these... Um, I just give credit on some of the definitions of these. That was in Christ the Healer as well, though they're all over in different places. Jehovah Nisi means the Lord is our banner or victor or captain. So Jesus is still. He's all these things, right? Jehovah Sitkenu is translated the Lord our righteousness. Well, we know the Lord is, Jesus is our righteousness. We have been given the gift of righteousness. And the final one, we just put it last because we're talking about healing, but it's not really last as it's listed in the Old Testament. Jehovah Rapha is translated, I am the Lord, your physician, or I am the Lord that heals you. It's in Exodus 15, 26. At the end, it says, for I am the Lord. Can you go at the, the very end? I am the Lord who heals you. So Jehovah Rapha is one of the redemptive names that refers, it's one of the seven redemptive names, but is specifically talking about bodily healing. And those were in the Old Covenant, Jehovah God re revealing himself and these different aspects of himself. That he is present, he's our peace, he's our shepherd, that he was our provider, he's our victor, our banner, he's our righteousness, and it also says he is our healer. Amen. Now how, as we go into the new covenant, a better covenant, established on better promises, how would one of those seven redemptive names all of a sudden become non-existent? It would be inconsistent to say that somehow he is all these things, which nobody would dispute. Any Christian, would, would, they would not dispute that he is, he is present, that he is our peace, that he's our shepherd, that he is uh, our provider, that he is our victor, and that he is our righteous. Nobody's going to dispute, dispute that. But the last one, healing, people will dispute and say, oh, no, he's not. That's not included with redemption. That is logically inconsistent, and there's no, there's no reason at all that you would think something of God Almighty would pass away when Jesus, who's completing, he is, he is the anti-type of all the types and shadows in the Old Testament, he's the fulfiller of all the prophecy, that he came and suddenly we went backwards and there's no healing for the body anymore. That's, that, that's not... That's not at all consistent. It's not logical, and it doesn't jive with the Bible whatsoever. It is religion. And so we can know. And just, we just spent some time talking about this specific part of it. We can know. We don't have to flinch. We don't have to try to work up faith. We don't try to have to, I mean, faith comes by hearing, which is what we're talking about now. You don't have to try to grasp at healing. You can know. If you can believe that Jesus is your Redeemer, 
as far as sin goes, you can know that He is your healer. It's been bought and paid for. It is done. There is no question. It doesn't matter what any person says. It doesn't matter what any commentary says. It has been paid for. He is the payment for all that Adam undid. He redid it. He, he, made, he undid Well, you could say it like this. All that Adam messed up, He restored Jesus did, and that includes physical healing. So when we read in Matthew 8, 17, He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, we can, we can know that's referring to Isaiah. We can know that is He has paid for them. It is, if I can believe that He is my Savior, then on those same grounds I can believe He's my healer. Period. So if we received Him as our Savior, as much faith as we would have to say, He's my Savior, He's done it, we can come to Him and say, You're my healer, He's done it, it's paid for, and we can receive our healing. Strongly. Not flinching. You just stay there. Amen? Praise God. God's faithful. He's faithful to perform His Word.